the experience that I had was just profound. Just I could like explore anywhere I wanted to in the whole cosmos, find any information out that I wanted to. I could ask a question and I would get the answer to it straight away. I would say now actually the first ayahuasca experience I had was probably up, up there with the best that I've had over the years. It was just all of this like really, really dark energies around me. I could sense that it was coming from the shaman. Negative voices were like saying that like the world's gonna end. Evil was worn and darkness has taken over the world and it was just like really bad trip. I was going through these cycles in my mind of like when this is over I'm gonna be like screwed up for the rest of my life. I went to, you know, different countries all over the world looking for different teachers, you know, just for them to validate me, to tell me that I'm on the right path. I never got it once. There was no teacher that ever told me, oh, you're a healer or you're this or you're that. Not one ever told me that. And you know what? That was the greatest gift that no one ever told me that because I had to find that within myself because I knew it all along anyway. I knew I knew that this is what I was going to do, but I doubt I doubted that. So hello and welcome to our next episode of Ayahuasca Avatars. And uh, I'm here today with Luis and we just met not so long ago in the uh, worldwide net. So I'm just excited to get to know you a little better because you mentioned about your story and your journey with the medicine with the mother Ayahuasca was like pretty unique and scary and transformational. And I just wanted to share that with people because I think it's it's a good topic to talk about. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Start with, I always ask this question first, like how did you get to the medicine? How were you led to the medicine? Like if you want to just say a little bit about your background and what um, put you on this road of like healing and self-discovery and how the medicine came into your life and what happened then <laughs> when it did. Well, it's a it's a long story. Um, I'll try and cut it down as as short as possible. So, growing up from um, dealing with like narcissistic par parents, uh, particularly mother trauma from that, um, a lot of physical abuse and emotional abuse growing up led to me having uh, many tricky health issues and um, mental health issues that I wasn't aware of at the time growing up. It was more just bad decision making. Um, being involved in the wrong crowd, um, drug use, crime. And my life got to a point around 2009, 2010, where I was either going to die from drugs or crime, or I was going to be in prison. So yeah, a few things happened where spirit kind of intervened and, and I was just so, so interested around that time in psychedelics. Um, I always had been from when I was younger, I was always interested in them, but then life took a bit of a turn when I was more engrossed in harder drugs than the psychedelics. But then towards the end of this period of, la of my life, I was very interested in DMT and, and psilocybin. And I actually made it a mission of mine to get hold of DMT. And it was in 2010 that I did DMT for the first time. And it was actually that experience 
was probably up there still with one of the most profound experiences that I've had. And that was the turning point for me because I had an experience where there was, you know, other beings that were looking out for me. And and as soon as I let go of that vapor and 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 hit hit the the empty realm, that's where there was four huge beings that were waiting for me. And they told me that they've been waiting for me, and they were so happy that that I'd like made that decision to do it, and and that. They had so much that they needed to show me in such a short amount of time. But it was very clear that, that my life was going to take a different um, direction. So after that experience, I was then on the hunt for more. Like there was just this like really powerful calling inside to want to explore spirituality, um, particularly plant medicine. So ayahuasca was then on my radar because I would, I didn't, I just thought DMT was like a drug. I didn't know the actual source of it, it you know, or the traditional use, obviously in ayahuasca. So that was then my mission to try and find somewhere that I could do that. Um, so that's what led me to it. Wow, that's. that's that's fascinating okay um i love this kind of transformational stories you know when from the pit of the darkness you know you're coming into the light so it's so exciting um do you want to uh, share a little bit about what kind of drugs were you using mostly before the medicines there wasn't many drugs that i wasn't using <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that's that's a predicament for sure. Okay. And so you you felt this call, we always say the call of the, the ayahuasca, she was on your radar, she felt you felt called to it. And, um, you know, I think that's when we when we have this calling, and we say yes to this calling, and it says, yeah, this is something I'm, I'm I want to do, I'm committed to then things really destiny kind of sets into motion and you have this expectation how this is going to look like. At least I had just this uh, very naive, you know, expectation how the medicine will heal and enlighten me and my life will just be so easy and perfect suddenly. And, and that was not at all what happened. So I know that you went through kind of similar journey. If you want to share about that, like, like, how, how did you end it up? Or how did you choose the place? And then what happened when you first went with the medicine? Well, there was definitely a honeymoon period that I had with the medicines. Um, that's how I liken to describe it. Um, because there was obviously I came from like the depths into like all of a sudden the whole world was just beautiful again because I had found what I thought at the time you know and I still believe now that I was looking for at that time that was like from one extreme to another it was from from hell to absolute heaven and you know that I was still had health issues at the time but it was it was and you know I still had anxieties and you know ups and downs but I was the I found like a haven almost in the plant medicines and the psychedelics, like DMT and things like that. So when I found ayahuasca, I was I was prepared and willing and ready to go anywhere. It didn't matter where it was. I wouldn't care if somebody said to me that there was, you know, risks or dangers. I took many risks and dangers in my life. I didn't, honestly, I would have took it in someone's garage or, you know, someone's backyard if, if I had the opportunity. So I actually went to Milan to a, it, there was a place that 
had a conference in Manchester in the UK and it was being almost promoted at this conference as there was a retreat. So I went to the conference and I went and booked on straight away. Um, I spent three days at the retreat. The first time that I'd done the medicine, I was looking around in the ceremony and I was thinking, what on earth is everybody doing? Because everybody was dancing and they were all wearing white and it was like, this is just crazy. At the time I was like, this is just not my thing. Um, but as the retreat went on and, and then I finally, the medicine started working. The first time I did it, it didn't do anything. Well, I felt like it didn't, it didn't have an effect. It was the second night that that's when it it worked and the experience that I had was just profound just I could like explore anywhere I wanted to in the whole cosmos I could find any information out that I wanted to at all like I could ask a question and I would get the answer to it straight away and I was just like this is just insane the most amazing I would say now actually the first ayahuasca experience I had was probably up there with the best that I've had over the years um, and it was also made very clear to me in this experience I know this is quite cliche but it was like this is your path this is you're going to walk this path you're going to work with the medicine that you're going to yeah you're going to help people and at the time i was in need of help myself i just i just i had no idea how that was going to transpire but it, it did that's awesome thank you for sharing your your story um yeah that's a pretty great first experience like my couple of first ceremonies were pretty dark and i was like after three i was like i don't want to do this anymore can i go home please so, yeah, uh, I, I would say it's pretty special. And about the guidance, what you said that people uh, receive often this guidance or this understanding that this is their path. And it is true for some people. And for some people, it's not going to be true. I think that's also what time will tell, you know, because if it, if it is your path, you will stick to it. And not many people stick to it, you know, long term after the honeymoon honeymoon phase is over so yeah i'm curious to to hear you know what what happened next when you know after this amazing experience when you came back to you live in england liverpool correct yes that's yeah right. so must have been a little bit of a culture shock there yeah so um when i returned home i just wanted to tell everybody about it so um the first thing that i was like oh my god everybody needs to do ayahuasca like like i was i could have shouted it from the rooftops you know um and I was telling all my friends about it and the magic was there for a, for a while like a few weeks and then the more people I would speak to about it the more like the magic was diluted by my own doubts and other people's projections onto my experience people would be like oh so you've just been taking drugs all weekend then is that why you feel like that or you know like just you know i think i overshared it i think that that's a thing as well like it's like over sharing or trying to preach it to people it doesn't work that was i think that was one of my first lessons that i learned um but then i wanted to just do more work with it i wanted to find more places and i actually found a group in the uk that were doing ceremonies um which was great because they introduced me to a whole new world of of like medicine music and and yeah just like communities and and it was it was it was everything that i could have ever wished for and 
very quickly I started to assist on the ceremonies, like helping, just like emptying buckets and arranging, because I had a lot of people that I knew that wanted to do the medicine, so they started to come. Um, very s soon after that, I was helping to organize um, retreats and ceremonies closer to my home with this particular group. And then I went off to Portugal to do um, some retreats and ceremonies there, and that's when I got introduced to um, other plant medicines like peyote and the, the red path, um, that side of things. So that was um, an interesting part of the journey. And then I just knew that my next step after that was to go to the jungle. And yeah, everything was aligning towards it. It was just like this perfect, you know, from like 2012 to 2015, 16 was like just this like honeymoon period almost like, you know, where everything was just, you know, the stars were aligning. I was going to like be this medicine man. I was going to help, you know, help all these people and wear the feathers. And yeah, that that's kind of the where it was at that point. And then um, I went to Peru. I booked through somebody that I know who used to get medicine from this particular person who had a retreat center. So I just went off that recommendation, even though they'd never been there before, which was a bit reckless. Um, I was very naive. I just thought that everything to do with the medicine was beautiful and and um, and that the people that were working with it were all beautiful. And, and yeah, I think that I, I, I went to the jungle with a romanticized idea about how it was going to be so there was a huge culture shock when i when i got there i thought that that i was going to be taught and shown what it was that i needed to do apart from the fact that it was that dieta so it was like isolation i was there for six weeks and it was just like isolation yeah there's no one to speak to and um that was very very challenging for me um i think i wanted answers but the thing that i certainly wasn't expecting was how the ceremonies were held um which was in in the pitch black which is fine i understand that that, that, that that's how shipibo people were and what i thought was that the people that were holding the space for me were going to be like welcoming welcoming me with with open arms and yeah that wasn't the case um over time what i realized when i was observing the ceremonies was that the the people that were holding the space for me the two shamans the elderly they were um they were in like the late 80s i think as far as i was aware that the the male shaman was in his 90s so for me that was quite appealing i thought that these particular people would be full of knowledge and full of wisdom which i'm sure they are but i thought that it that they would have had my best interests at heart but actually it turned out that they didn't i mean how did you realize that or or when like how was that when you started to realize, you know, that maybe they are not having, you know, your best intention at heart. So the first ceremony that I did when I was there, I noticed that the energy was different to the ceremonies that I'd done before. I'm so grateful that I had had some experience with the medicine before I went um, because I think things could have been perhaps maybe worse. Um, it was the energy at first that I found that was very different. It, it felt like very uncomfortable. The And I know that the medicine can do can do that i completely understand i've been through experiences with the medicine where i was facing trauma and and difficult emotions and feelings but it was quite evident to me at the time that these people were not the, the, the purest the purest of energy and 
over time, what happened while I was there was that, that I found that each after each ceremony, I was getting weaker and I wasn't, it wasn't, a, there was no like resolution to each ceremony. It was all just very misty, dark and, and mysterious. There was no like in, in the past when I had experience, even though it'd be challenging at the end of it, there would always be like this sense of like completion in whatever it was that I was going through. And I, I found that the whole time that I was there, especially the first couple of weeks was that I was starting to feel weak and starting to, to doubt myself and starting to feel like there was a part of me inside that was thinking this is not right. And over time, I was that that um, the doubt was was coming quite strongly. But then I would I would go against it. So this was I think this was the, the beginning of a huge cycle of lesson for me was not doubting my intuition because right at the start I I, I I thought to myself this is not this is not right what I'm feeling like I was feeling that something was off and I went against that and then there were some things that happened with another person that was in the ceremony and she ended up um, going into the the toilet all all night and was banging and banging and banging on the toilet door and they didn't do anything to like help her or and then the next day after that the police came and and it was all very very off the energy and then i just had a feeling that the ceremony that night was going to be i don't know i just had a real strong sense that there was something that there wasn't right um and lo and behold the ceremony that i had the the, the, the third what the third ceremony that i had on the time that I was there um was the most profound terrifying experience that i've ever experienced in my life like i wouldn't wish it on anybody it was like, well t tell us tell us a little bit about it because now everybody's like i want to hear that like yeah so the within like 15 minutes of the um ceremony starting you know the 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 ambience in the in the in the in the air and and like the the way that the birds and the animals were were about it was very creepy almost like there was like i don't know like omen like a bad i don't know it just felt like that there was something wasn't right um and that was before the ceremony even started so when it started the the medicine kicked in for me in about 15 minutes and usually it takes like a little bit long it usually takes like half an hour to an hour but it come on really really fast and really really um strong and yeah before i knew it um there was just all of this like really really dark energies around me um and i could sense that it was coming from the coming through the the shaman um and yeah it, it was just really really like uh negative voices were like saying that like the world's gonna end and you're gonna like like evil was worn and darkness is taking over the world and it was just like really bad you know like bad trip kind of thing that you would you know uh that's initially what i was thinking i was thinking this is this is the you know like a, a really bad trip um and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and and then b before i knew it it was like yeah it was like i was going through these like cycles in my mind of like when this is over um I'm, I'm gonna be like screwed up for the rest of my life that's like what was happening during the, the trip and these scenarios kept playing out of me like being being buried like i was like i was gonna like i was i was die i was gonna die 
Um, and, and that that kept on playing out for a long time and until I accepted the death I had to accept that I was going to die um, and then after that not only was I going to die but this narr- there's this narrate there was a narr- narrative like there was something that was narrating the experience that wasn't me it was something else and it was saying that that when when I die not only am I going to die but my soul's going to be tortured for eternity so it was like the ultimate of like you know surrender and acceptance in 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 a way and i was kind of forced to accept like the ultimate fear you know that like that yeah well i thought that death was the ultimate fear but then i was shown that it's not the ultimate fear is that not that everything turns existence doesn't exist anymore um and that's what it was taking me to so i left my body and then and then i was shown like the void of like the, the sort of like eternal abyss of of nothing and there was like these dark like uh, like lords that were like over it and it was like showing me that it was like the 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 core of all fear and it's it's the it's the anti like the complete opposite of creation and and that every all of creation was in that moment was about to just go so then like time everything that ever existed from the beginning of time until the end of time just went into into nothing and then that was nothing existed for like well i can't remember but i remember like in the the morning i thought i was dead and i thought everything was gone but then i started to hear like birds tweeting and like as the birds were were tweeting i realized that i wasn't dead and but when i opened my eyes i couldn't see i was still in the in the in the you know in the the vortex of the medicine and as i when i as i could see again i looked around there was no one there it was everyone had gone everyone had gone home like it was it was daytime i'd been in that for t- uh, 12 hours like <laughs> but so it was, it was a very intense experience but after that i was just completely traumatized completely like just i, I just couldn't believe that that like i'd actually been through something so extreme and and yeah i was alive but i was very very fragmented at the time so yeah i was in a battle of of, of a lot of fear um that 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 was attached to that and i could feel that there was a lot of energies like entities like or i could feel them all over me and there was like these stories that kept playing out in my head like and it wouldn't stop and i just wanted to leave the island there was in in the jungle but there was no one there i'd literally been left even the people that were like looking after me but were not there so i was just all night just you know like the next night i was still feeling the medicine there was no one to speak to i couldn't believe it and i was like stuck on this little island anyway so um after that i that's crazy that they left you alone like i mean that's already so inappropriate in any ways you know like and uh yeah i can imagine how terrifying you know this whole thing was and then when you start coming back it's like nobody there and they left you there and uh it like when you started to come back like did you think that oh this was just a bad trip or did you know for sure that this is something different and it's connected with these people who you're drinking with and stuff or that wasn't really clear yet no it wasn't clear that it wasn't clear that it was them there was moments during it where it was it was clear and then but then my mind would i would doubt it 
and I, I, there was a part of me that was just going no this you know this is part of part of it this you this is part of your you know diet and you know everybody has to go through this and you know this is you know there was a part of me that was like really like adamant that everything was okay but then there was parts of me that were that were i was in a lot of internal conflict because there was parts of me that would go no this is definitely not okay like this is like this is definitely not right um and then it became more and more clear because like the, the ceremony that was like the following day af after that i really just couldn't bring myself to the, to do it so i called up the person who owns the center and it wasn't the sharp the, 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 he was never there during the ceremonies it was just the two maestros uh, and i said to him that i don't feel that I, I don't feel like i can do the medicine again and he said to me just because you're on your diet just sit in the in the in the in the ceremony um and he actually came he said i, I i'm gonna come and he came um and sat in the ceremony and i decided to have a little bit of medicine um and actually the energy was completely different that on that ceremony and i thought this is strange like it was it was like the medicine was working like it it would have like you know in the past when i'd done it and then over the time that i was there i realized that every ceremony that, that he wasn't there I, it was all i could feel all the you know the dark energies and and the the like felt like i was drained I felt like I was being drained and that's when I started to get more suspicious but there was people that were there that had, that, had, that would come for one ceremony and they were meant to be staying longer and they would leave because they didn't feel right and it was everything was off about it um anyway um cutting a long story as short as possible for the for the viewers and for the podcast um it was actually when I got home that things started to become more apparent about what it was that happened um because when I got home I was so just a second so you finished the whole day you you did end up staying and seeing it through and and mm -hmm. finished and then you went back to england yeah yeah i thought i'm here i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let it. i thought like if if i go home now in this state like i feel so bad that i didn't do it like that i need to finish the diet and then and then go home so that's what I did. Uh, but it was interesting because towards the end of the diet, there was more people that came. There was like a group of people that were like a retreat almost. And the owner of the center was there. And it, it was different. It was different. The 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 the, the ceremonies were, were different energy. But then the, the, the shaman would always be like, they were confusing me, like telling me things like people in my country have put curses on me and, and, and like, it just didn't feel right they were like manipulating me and like just trying to like it was interesting because every time that i would try i would like think they've they've done this it's like they would know and then they would try to di divert my attention away from that by something else so anyway when i got home no i, I was... think that this is a really important thing okay. what you are saying it's a it's a psychological warfare what you are talking about mm. it's a very like twisted form of gaslighting gaslighting somebody and you know uh just once you once you're like okay this is happening i'm sure they see that doubt that, that you are sitting in another ceremony when it's not happening so you are like okay you know and and with this you know they just totally confuse you and manipulate you you know exactly as you said they divert you to from your center from your you you get ungrounded you know and you're not in your center and you get like very you can be influenced very easily and they are influencing you in a very specific way you know 
Yes, exactly. That that's exactly what it was that was happening. And and then I when I went home, I was just went down and down and down. Like um, there was like people who I'd known for like a long time, people that I was working with in the other you know the communities that I was talking about, and people were turning against me. Everything was going wrong work wise. Things were going wrong. Like I was getting sick. Um, I was yeah. It was like a downward spiral. Like things just were seemed to be getting really really bad and like my mental health was deteriorating i was hallucinating at night and i was like seeing like you know the shadows and the energies and and in in the walls the walls were breathing they were like there was yeah i was like you know if i know that if i went to see a, a doctor it, i would be getting diagnosed with some kind of like disorder um you know psychosis or or even um hallucinogenic um, persistent you know because i was i was still i was having these flashbacks and i would keep going into these thought loops of like terror that the world was going to end because you know the experience that i had i was like going round and round and i couldn't get out of this thought loop but i was aware of it though that's i think that was the difference between like a psychosis where i was like where that would be like actually believing the delusions that were in my mind i was actually observing the delusions in my mind which was interesting terrifying still but interesting and i was stuck in these loops and these patterns for a while and i found that a lot of people were yeah turning against me attacking me and like strange things were happening in the street i'd be walking past people and people would be like saying like like cursing me saying things you know saying things to me and like it was just all very bizarre like especially the first six months after coming back and there was actually i went to see a um um a, a healer from from mexico actually believe it or not um he's a marikami and they're known to be you know very powerful healers and i was recommended to see to see this this person and he told me that that i've basically fell into a spider's web in the jungle and that yeah that he can't help me and i was like you're serious that's yeah. what that's what the, the peyotero told you that yeah he can't have, well that must have been super freaking scary to hear that yeah it was but at the same time it was it, at the same time it was like well i don't need you to help me i help myself there was inside of me there was like a fire that was like i'm gonna help myself i'm gonna get through this i'm gonna get through it. i was determined to, to get through it um, but there was a lot during this period of time I learned probably most of the things the most of the tools that I have now that keep me very strong I learned during that time because I was able to observe energies within that were affecting me and realize that they weren't a part of me but then but, but I mean how did you okay so you realize this that you are like um you know victim of some dark magic or something yes. like yeah how do you set out to undo that? Like, do, do you go to the library and read some books on black magic or what did you do? Like I did, I would, like I, I mentioned when we had our conversation the other day, I was reading about like spiritual emergence and things like that. And I was realizing that I was going through a very powerful process. Um, I was also having a lot of um, spinal adjustments that were happening. I could feel like my bones cracking and like I knew that I was going through some kind of spiritual awakening. So this trick, this whole event, triggered a, a like kundalini um awakening
anything. I mean, I've heard so many people talk about it and my experience is completely individual. It's not like anybody else's. Um, but there was certainly a lot of physical symptoms going on during that time. But what I realized was that the thoughts that were coming into my head, like if I didn't let them, if I didn't let them enter, then I, then it would, I would almost be separated from, from them. And I could feel, I could start to feel the energy of these like entities. And I was, the more and more I was like experiencing this, the more it was becoming more stronger, the, that um, clairvoyance almost or the clairsentient ability of feeling this energy. And then I was able to communicate, I, I learned that I was able to communicate with, with these different energies. And I just asked them questions. I just asked questions and I would always get an answer. Whenever I would ask the question, it would, an answer would always come back. Tell us an example. What did you ask, for example? So if there was an energy there, I would just say to it, are you a part of me? <laughs> That's the, well, that was one of the first things that I learned that I could ask. And it would always tell me. And then I realized that there was some energies that was affecting me that weren't mine. And I asked them where they came from. And it, they told me where they came from. And it was from the, the, the people that I was with in the jungle. And you serious? <laughs> they, yeah. they told you that that's that. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I also was able to find out that there was energies that were fragmented away from me that were also me. And I'd ask, are you a part of me? And it would say yes or no. And if it said yes, I could bring it back. So I was like bringing back these like parts, like whether this is just, a, well, I say that whether it's just in my mind, I know that it wasn't because I could feel it. You know, it wasn't a, a just a mental psychological process. This was an actual um, energy embodiment. You know, I was actually feeling these different parts of myself. And then I realized that they were all coming. Loads of different parts were coming. And then there was parts of, of people who weren't, who weren't, a, there was energies that weren't a part of me that were actually coming from people that had died. And I was actually learning that I could send help these, these energies to, to, to be released. So I was learning all these like techniques of communicating with like spirits. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it's, it was just like this this crazy journey, but I kept getting the the main thing that was bothering me was that I kept getting stuck in these thought loops that were bringing on fear, and I quickly realised that it was coming from these people. Now I didn't mention this before, but I I worked with a medicine called Cambo, and it was one of the greatest tools that I that I had at that point because every time I would have Cambo, I knew, and I was so strong in that knowing that my intuition was right that I could feel almost in my aura them intrusive energies trying to get back in again and. Create that reality for me so i realized that the black magic was actually the projections coming from these people that are trying to create this false reality for me to confuse me and to make me believe that crazily enough that the world's going to end like that was what they were trying to for some reason or other whether that's through them or through some other forces you know to make me believe that the world is was going to end so i know this sounds very out there and bizarre but that was my experience that's what that's what was happening for me at that time no i totally i totally believe you and i met like several people who had this type of experiences like with intrusion or sometimes possession mm. because it seems to me that this was an in intrusion because as you could keep your awareness and you were not completely gone you know why these things were happening and um, you you described it in such a good way how does that feels and I think this is this is the biggest characteristic that it feels alien it feels like it's not coming from you it feels out of character 
for you you know those thoughts or those feelings or those imagery you know and 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 part of you knows that that it's not yours so that's why you are like that's weird that's that that's not like me you know um but then you know you you lose that trust and your faith that's what the manipulation does and the and the intrusion is trying to shake that faith and that grounding and insert the doubt you know Mm -hmm. more and more doubt so you are not so strong in your protection and as you are not so strong now the intrusion can happen and you know i think that's why they the ancient saying saying in in apollo in the greece in the temple of apollo is know yourself because if you know Mm -hmm. yourself and you are grounded in that knowing no matter what then you that's your protection there's no intrusion can happen when you are there it's it's only can happen when we are not firmly anchored you know and and this is this is a big learning experience of how to discern what is coming from you and from your intuition and what is not coming from you and what is coming from a source that is benevolent and what is coming from a source that is not benevolent you know to to you and to your well-being that that's, that's one of the biggest, biggest learnings, you know, here, I think, in this in this life, in this context. And um, I'm sure that it was a very intense experience, but it's also for me to see how beautiful this teaching was for you. And you, you actually learned this, okay, this is mine, this is not mine, this is how it feels. When say, this is how, it, like, through your own experience, you know, that's so typical for the wounded healer you're trying to figure out. And then you have these excellent skills and wisdom that you gather, you know, like along the way. So um, it's it's nice to see, you know, that there was an orchestrating principle, you know, in, in everything that happened in, in a way, you know. And of course, like, in a way, we can say that it's all happening for our, for our benefit or for our highest good even if it doesn't feel like that in that that moment you know but there are many perspectives that are valid at the same time and yeah some perspective you can say that that was not okay and and let's tell people that what's the difference between healing and black magic is that black magic is without consent you know Mm -hmm. that's the biggest difference that you didn't consent to this you know they didn't ask permission i mean on an energetic level i'm Unfortunately, you did consent in that way that you have some kind of particular wounding that makes you vulnerable to certain energy that can attach there. So you can, they take that as a consent, you know, but it's not like, yes, I want to do this kind of thing. And that's why, you know, for any kind of healer or ratio is your highest priority to heal yourself and purify yourself. So you are protected, you know, and, mm. and definitely. It's like a predator and prey situation, isn't it? You know, it's like, if you look in the natural world, it's, 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 it's everywhere, isn't it? You know, the, the, the wounded animal is going to get, you know, targeted by the predator and you know unfortunately in this world you know there is predators and it's unfortunate that in the psychedelic world of you know and to you know these cultures that this stuff exists and you know it exists in cultures all over the all over the world i think it always has done there's always been this this the two sides Absolutely. to it always if you if you want to read a good book and i'm recommending to the audience anybody who is listening guys you have to read this book 
from Clarissa Pinkola Estes, The Women Who Ran With Wolf. And I'm not sure if she was a psychologist or some kind of, but, but, but like, what, what was her profession, but she collected folklore, like fairy tales, but you know, the classical that, that people keep telling their children through generations. And she would go to different continents, different countries to, to collect these type of tales. And she would put them into category and she would analyze them from a psychological perspective because she would say that was like part of the teaching, how people, you know, gave the wisdom to the next generation through these um not fairy tale, there is a word for this, maybe in English, this learning, learning tale, whatever it calls. And um, her first lesson was because she put put together some lessons that were, the, oh, these are the lessons that we can take away from these teachings. And the first lesson, believe it or not, is that predators exist. And I think this is what we are talking about, that when you are ignorant, immature, a childlike, uh, level the, the child is full of trust right that's why the child has no fear you know like if you look at children you can see that and and that's also naive you know and the naivety makes you vulnerable because if you think oh there is no darkness out there there is no evil there is no bad things you know then then you are oblivious you are not prepared you're not going to watch out for the signs you're not going to notice what's happening and you're more likely to be a prey and that was what she was talking about that the first lesson is that predators exist and yes on a spiritual level it's all love and light and we come from the same source and unconditional love and bliss and all that but on this level of duality where we are where we play together right now there is both sides and there is both energies and you need to accept like reality you know that this is how it is even if you want to deny and shut your eyes and say I believe only in the light you know uh, or not this is this is the reality and once you acknowledge that and respect that then then you know how to be protected from it or how to navigate it, your way through it or whatever it is but I think that's that was like a huge it sounds to me like a huge initiation for you of this this lesson of this learning that okay uh, because as you said you went into the jungle that oh the medicine is all good I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people think that the medicine is a benevolent entity and and the medicine is neutral you know the medicine doesn't have any agenda or good or bad or things like that it's really you know how people use it with what intention and now you experience this and and that's why we need to be aware you know that not everything is gold that is shiny right mm. 100% yeah it was actually um I was stuck in this thought loop about that like that I didn't want to believe that there was this bad you know you know people like I didn't think that like I was stuck in this no there's definitely something wasn't right with these people and then and then there was like this no 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 uh, you know this is all meant to be so I was stuck in this like you know no that they, they, they can't really be that bad and I was stuck in that for months and I just kept going around into it. And every, every time I would like make some progress, I would end up, you know, going back into this loop. And I knew that at that point, what I needed to do was I needed to go and face it again. So I booked to go back again to the same place <laughs> the following year. Wow, that's very <laughs> interesting. Tell me more. Like that was really was was your deep feeling that you have to go back back to complete something and to free yourself that kind of way. 
I needed to, to see the truth. That's just what I, I knew that the truth was going to set me free. And if I didn't go back, I would, because it was so strong, the loop, the thought pattern of like doubting myself that I needed to go back to, to fully find, you know, trust in my intuition. So I went back though with a, an open mind because thinking, okay, I'm in a slightly better place than what I was um, the, f- the first few months after I came back. Um, I'd been working with Cambo quite a lot as well. And that was really helpful. It brought me back into my own energy. So I thought I'm not, there was a couple of people actually that I, I knew that really wanted to go. And I, I didn't want to like scare them and put them off going, but they were like, oh, we're going anyway. Like we found that place that you're going to. And I didn't want to say don't go because I was going. So they were like, well, you're, you're going, can we come with you? And I was like, so anyway, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's not that bad. And maybe if there's a group of us, it might be different. And yeah, so anyway, there was two other people that came with me. And anyway, I didn't mention anything to them about what had happened with me. I just kind of like thought, oh, well, we'll just see how how it is. And yeah, maybe it's all in the past. And this time it's going to be different. Um, but what happened was, as soon as I got there, the the the, the, the female uh, maestro, Alejandrina, her name was, she was very, very suspicious when I arrived. Like, there was a... There was, there was definitely a sense of discomfort within her about me being back there again. And straight away, she was like looking into my tambo, walking past, acting really strange. And, and I was just straight away, I was just like, I knew it. I just knew, I just, I just knew it. I knew that she was up to something. Or there was, she was responsible. She knew that I was going to find out. <laughs> that's, that's what literally how I was feeling. And the, the male maestro actually was there when I first turned up and he didn't come to the ceremony. It was just just her and the me and the two two guys that came with me. So we sat down in the first ceremony, and straight away she started doing the the the, the Icarus the chants that she was doing on the night when I had that really really bad experience. I remember it, and I could feel it all coming back on again. I could feel the start of what was happening on that that one night the previous time, and I could feel she was weaving it. She was creating that within me. And I just found this like strength inside of myself. And I just said, no, I just said, no. Like that's all that was like coming through inside me was no. And it's, it stopped and she was purging. She was literally purging, like, like, like coughing and purging. And for the next few days, she started to get really sick. And she was like, she had like cold and she was coughing really, really badly. And um, she ended up going to hospital, believe it or not. And then the guy who owned the center ended up bringing in two other maestros from a different tribe. They were Ashaninka maestros, maestros. And they were on such a different level, like beautiful, amazing. So like after she'd gone into hospital, they brought these different people in and the ceremonies were just wonderful. And I was learning so much about my own intuition. And I just knew in that moment, I was like, I'm free from, from that now. You know, I've, I've took my power back from that whole experience. So yeah, so the rest of that diet when I was there was just like, you know, doing inner work, learning about the plants and, and learning about healing and, and yeah, so many like personal realizations, like that's how it should have been. I realized there was a contrast because I'd also lost faith in the, in the medicine and like the indigenous people, everything, I lost faith in everything. That's what the black magic does. It takes the faith away from you. And what I realized overcoming, overcoming it was that, that I, I, I'd done that by restoring in my faith and also my trust in my intuition that's that's amazing that that's what i call a powerful initiation <laughs> mm. and the death and rebirth experience and 
And and I think it's is just so it's reminded me of one of the stories that I, I, I heard recently. This person was like saying about his medicine journey that he was in this place of this darkness and this pure evil and this monster, this huge monster was like staring at him with the viciousness and with the I wanna kill you and I will, you know, like kind of vibe. And and he was there for a while until he realized that he is feeding, you know, this monster. And that's that's the only way the monster exists. And once he realized that everything disappeared, you know, when he found himself in this beautiful place in nature or something. And I think that, you know, this is what really shadow work is. I mean, on, on a deeper level is to like face your fears and then being able to discern you know what is for you what is not for you and and say no to think because it has no power and this is where the consent comes in like you didn't give you before you gave consent some unconscious way that we were not aware and and you you took your power back and you just said no and she had no power the magic was stopped like once you do that there, there is <laughs> you know nobody has power over you and how empowering is this for you i i want you to to say a few words that you as a person like how does this experience change your life and how you look at life and yourself you know like since you went through this experience well it made me realize that that life is magic and that that the like from when I came back to the from the first year and like everything was going wrong and and like I, I you know the, the the black magic created that for me you know the curse almost you know I was cursed and and things were going wrong and that's because I was believing in the illusion and that's what these like black magicians doing is that they're trying to use illusion like things that aren't true to you know take you out of your own truth so for me the whole experience give me a very good filter between what's real and what isn't and i think that's i think that's probably the most valuable tool that i got from it because now i'm quite easily decipher if someone's lying to me if someone if someone has a bad agenda if you know i don't even have to say anything or 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 even question that person i just know straight away i can feel it you know so i think that it, the, the yeah the, the the most empowering thing that it's given me is this is this filter to be able to discern what's real and what isn't beautiful so can you share a little bit like how is your life looks like because i i'm sure that you know um you moved away from the crime and the drugs as you were going yeah. down on the plant medicine path and 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 if you have a, a vision for your future or what is that you are excited and passionate about right now well so around that time the second year that I came back that was 2016 and and it's so it's eight years ago now um from from then until now i would never have imagined how how beautiful that my life would become after that and how many people i'd be helping and working with and 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 yeah so now i actually run run two community centers in in liverpool that help people with mental health issues and we work with um uh, we do like wellness and yoga and and things like that here i also run an association of cambo practitioners um, so i train cambo practitioners and and, I, and from 2016 onwards when i came back after that second diet 
um, I was just felt more called to work with the medicine and I was doing it and I started working with it in small circles with people and I've been holding ceremonies since since then. <laughs> so yeah, my my um, my vision for the future, I, I wouldn't want to put a I wouldn't want to even dilute the possibilities of of what the future holds because everything that I've ever predicted about the future, it's always been 10 times more, more spectacular than, than what I could have thought, you know? So yeah, my vision for the future would just be bring on whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, be careful what, what you wish for, because you think, okay, what else can happen? That, that's not a good question to ask because then the universe is like, oh, yeah, I can yeah. show you what else, <laughs> you know? Oftentimes I have this experience with at the end of my medicine journeys that I'm just getting this like amazing download and, and so much and so deep. And I'm like, wow, you know, uh, now I know everything. It feels like it, you know, in the moment. And then, you know, the medicine always tells me that you just so see this much, you know, <laughs> just to stay humble because you know we we, we go through especially these kind of experiences which are very humbling but also they strengthen the ego and it's like ah i went through this so now i'm like somebody and you are somebody you are a much more grounded and discerning and aligned person for sure you know but that doesn't make us better you know than other people and and that's one of the delusions you know that that is often there and and um, I think it's just such a great example what you went through of people that they really have to understand to how, how important this is to be in a safe place and with people who are working with this medicine with the intention of healing and awakening in a, in a safe way, in a responsible way. And, you know, as you said, on the higher level, this was your destiny. Did you contracted this experience on some level? I believe so. You know, did it turn out good? Did you do the alchemy? Did, did you transform this into a huge gift that will keep giving to you and to the people around you? Absolutely. So was this a bad thing? Like, like it's so relative, right? But I think my my takeaway is because I used to think about this so much that it's, it's not necessarily to, to, to go down this road. Like you can you can come to the same teachings and the same realizations in a much more nicer way or yeah. comfortable, pleasant way, kind of, you know, so I just don't want people to think that in order to be initiated or, or, or to go to a rite of passage, you have to go through something so dark or so horrible, because this is not necessarily the case. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, there's there's people that I've you know taught before, and I've got you know students and and people that I've worked with you know on a one to one basis who I've told the story to, and they're like, oh my god, like terrified them. People have said to me that they had nightmares about the story that I told them, and they were like, oh please to God, I hope that I never have to go through something like that again, you know, on this path. And I was like, well, if you listen to what I'm teaching you from 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 what I learned from the experience, then chances are you probably won't. Have have to go through that but at the time you know i i didn't have you know that that awareness of like you know trusting my intuition and things like that i had to learn the hard way 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And this is this is one of my intentions for the last couple of years. Part of my intentions is is to learn, you know, in the easy way. Like, I mean, nothing is purely easy for sure, but there, there is a choice. And I think that uh, often we are programmed to think that, you know, you have to struggle a lot to achieve some kind of results. And uh, and I think once you once we reach a certain level of awareness, that's not necessarily true anymore. Mm. And that's a nice thing. <laughs> there was a huge conclusion, actually, to to all of this, because I really wanted to find out how did I let this happen? Why did I just trust these people? And why? What what is the greater lesson in this for me, as well as, you know, find trusting my intuition was I realized that there was um, a pattern of me seeking validation. So, you know, I told you at the beginning that I was felt like that I was a healer or I was going to be on this, heal, you know, medicine path. Well, I unconsciously was seeking validation for that by these people and not just by them people, but by other teachers and other other situations that I noticed where I was also being manipulated, you know, like, so it wasn't just by then. Even after that, there was still teachers that I was like, you know, looking up to who were also doing not, not quite as extreme, but like on a similar level. There was there was a pattern playing out of me looking for validation and being manipulated and i realized that i was looking around like yeah i went to you know different countries all over the world looking for different teachers you know just for them to validate me to tell me that i'm on the right path which is which is interesting because I never got it once. There was no teacher that ever told me, oh, you're a healer or you're this or you're that. Not one ever told me that. And you know what? That was the greatest gift that no one ever told me that because I had to find that within myself because I knew it all along anyway. I knew I knew that this is what I was going to do, but I doubt I doubted that. So it was when I actually took ownership of, do you know what? I don't need anybody to tell me where, where I'm going on this path. I don't need anybody to validate me. And as soon as I made that realization within myself, all of a sudden, all the validation started coming. <laughs> And everybody was like supporting me and, you know, my, I built oh, my team in the ceremonies and, you know, the association grew and, and I didn't ask for validation from anyone. And all of a sudden it just came. Yeah. So great lesson. Yeah. Trusting ourselves and following that intuitive guidance. That's basically what we are talking about, following the heart. That's what it means, you know, that you are describing, you know, in the last hour, following that heart, you know, and that pure higher guidance that comes through that instead of the mind that that can be manipulated so easily, as you said, while the heart doesn't filter through the information that comes through the heart and from that higher aspect doesn't filter through the mind. So therefore, it cannot be contaminated. And it's a feeling there are no words there, you know, like it's not something that can be distorted on that level. And we are programmed to listen to the mind, you know, and make decisions based on that and ignore, you know, this guidance. And it seems that was a very powerful lesson for for you to come back and also to reconnect to your power because that's where the power comes from not just the answers but the power and and I think your story resonates so much with with mine and many people because that's the you know what we do you just keep searching seeking outside of you until and and for me it was also the ayahuasca who started who, who changed the tra trajectory of that quest and it was like no it's inside you <laughs> 
don't go to you know the teachers for the answers is all inside of you and that was a beginning of of a beautiful journey so thank you so much for sharing your experience so honestly and openly do you have like a website or social media or something you want to share with the audience where people can find you um i do have an instagram page um and it's um the medicine man podcast uh, it's just the medicine man and that's on um instagram i also have a website called the cambo practitioner alliance and the inner guru which is my community center in Liverpool. awesome we're gonna put these uh, in the description for the for the podcast so people can find the links and click on it and yeah i'm sure that we will come back again you know for more to share in in the future thank you for listening and share this episode and subscribe to our podcast and check out lewis's podcast the medicine man that we will also include the link for so thank you so much for coming thank you thank you for listening and leave a comment if you enjoy this episode help us grow our community by sharing this episode with your friends and subscribe to our channel to receive the latest on ayahuasca assisted therapy to embark on your healing journey or to start a new career in psychedelic assisted therapy go to my website avatarhealingarts.com and get in touch And of course, stay tuned for the next episode.